I intended to move today, but the Lord just keeps, I told Brother John a while ago, I first, first, I've got a date on my sermons where I preached them when. I preached this sermon for the first time in 97, 1997. That's quite a few years ago. I hadn't preached it since. But that day I preached it all in one session. And we're fixing to start our fourth message on this same uh, section. But you know, as you study these scriptures, God just pulls, he just points out things. And I love it when God does it that way. So if you take your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 4. I want to reread this text one more time. Four thirty-five, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, I love this, I, this has really got near and dear to me this time, let us pass over unto the other side. The old black preacher said, there's just two sides. There's this side and the other side. And Jesus said, he didn't say you pass over to the other side, but he said let us. That says two things. He says, first of all, it says he's going with us to the other side. Second thing is anybody can go to the other side. He'll go with us as we go. Hey, Brother Victor. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. There's another message right there. I haven't preached that one. But you'll have to take him just like he is. You can't choose. You can't You can't uh, make him fit your mold. You accept him just like he is. Our theology in America has evolved. The theology now is, it used to be that folks got saved to go to heaven. But you listen to the radio preacher, listen to the TV preacher. What they're preaching is that when you get saved, Jesus is going to fix all the problems in your life and you'll never have another problem. You'll be laughing the rest of your life. That's just not so. That's not Bible. If if that's true, what do you do with those 12 apostles who were crucified and stoned and, and martyred for Christ? What do you do with the thousands since that day who gave their life at, burned at the stake hung, murdered all kinds of ways, and suffered. What do you do with Cassie Burnell, that little girl up in Colorado a few years ago? 
when that kid put the gun in her face and said, do you believe Jesus is the Savior? And she said, yes, I do. And it cost her her life. Did she get her problems solved? Well, she did, but not the way we would think. Not the way they're preaching it. She didn't get her problem solved here. She got her problem solved there. I'll tell you what she did do. She reached hundreds or thousands of young people across this country with a testimony. See, well, I got to go on. They took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. There's another message that we haven't preached. They are the little ships. They come and floating by here every once in a while. We see them on Sunday morning, don't see them the rest of the week. We see them out here at the Bible handout. They pull in, get away as fast as they can. They spend as little time with us as they can. Other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship. We preached that last week, and I'm not going to go back to it. The problem is in the wind. The effect is in the waves. The Hebrews or Ephesians chapter two, verse two said that we all, as lost people, served the prince of the power of the air. Down at the end of this thing, Jesus is going to rebuke the wind. There's three or four places in the Bible that you can go and see the little phrase, contrary winds. Paul faced contrary winds. Could I say, the prince of the power of the air comes against us. He's our enemy. And we'll have to face him. Over in John chapter 17, when Jesus prayed, he said, Father, I don't, I don't ask you to take them out of this world, but I ask you to keep them in this world. And, and so every one of us have got a storm to go through if we serve him. James, James Alexander Stewart said any dead fish can float downstream, but it'll take a live one if you go against the current. And so, so the wind, there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And last week we talked about this, that, that the ship can withstand the wind and the storm as long as the water stays out of the ship. It's when the water gets in the ship that the ship sinks. And that's exactly what was happening here. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? What a foolish question. I mean, the royal diadem left the throne of glory, came to a cave, was born in a manger, filthy. There wasn't room for him in the end. That says he cared. 
John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world. And that says he cared. He came and suffered. He was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. And that says he cared. And he suffered the abuse of men. The cat of nine tails, the crown of thorns, the cross, the false trials. And that said he cared. But the day me and you got saved, when he purchased and became our sin on the cross of Calvary and purchased us, our salvation, none of us deserved it. Not a one of us deserved to be saved this morning, this evening. We're only saved because he cares. So the songwriter said, oh yes, he cares. I know he cares. I know he cares for my soul. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, you better get a hold of it, Christian. He cares. He absolutely cares. It's a foolish question to say, don't you care? God, don't you care? Maybe you hadn't been guilty of saying that, but I can point to myself to a place where I said it. Of course he cares. And he knows everything we go through. Well, that's no. I got it. We're going on from there. So he arose, verse 39, and rebuked the wind. He did not rebuke the disciples. They failed, but he did not rebuke them. He rebuked. The wind, what does the wind represent? The thief. The, the devil himself, the prince of the power of the air who comes against us anytime we try to serve the Lord. He rebuked him. He told Peter over in Luke, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you like wheat. Remember that? But fear not, Peter, for I have prayed for you. Fear not, Christian. The storm's going to be there, and we're going to go through the storm, but he cares for us. Well, I'm going to try to preach on that a little bit tonight. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. You see, the, the ocean, the waves... It wasn't the problem of the ways as the problem of the wind. And it may not be where you're living or what you're doing or what you're... But Satan can stir it up no matter what you're kind of... You can be in a, you can be in a front row of the Baptist church and have problems because Satan has stirred up the wind... There's a contrary wind against what we do. But the wind ceased, and there was great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now last week we talked about the, the wind and the waves, the two elements of the storm, and we spent, and, and we talked a little bit about that, uh, his necessary presence. I want to go further with that. I want to talk about the, the master of the sea. Uh, verse number 39 says, He arose. And he is the, and he, he, there is nothing we go through that he can't handle for us. Our problem is we try to handle it for ourselves. There's nothing we could ask him for that he can't deliver. Jeremiah 33 3 says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. I was over there in Psalm 46 today, and I was thinking about, I preached a series years ago on Psalms 4610. 4610 said, Be still and know that I am God. Most of us never get still in this generation. I mean, we've got TVs and CDs and, and uh, all this technology that just Facebook and all the rest of it that just keeps hammering at us. I, got, I had an ad on my computer yesterday that said, now that you've checked your mail, let us give you a special deal. Well, I felt like they've been reading my mind because I, one, of the big, one of the big problems of being a computer nerd is running off all that mail that you go through every day that means nothing. I go through there and X, 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 X. And every once in a while, I'd go back and unsubscribe to all those people you didn't subscribe to to the first thing. But it never ends. There's always something else. And they can put it to you in a way that startles you. You think the world's coming to an end. And you got to read to see what it's all about. And it doesn't amount to anything. Right? So it's hard to get still. That's what I'm trying to say. I heard a preacher say in a meeting I was in yesterday, the sweetest part of my day is to go in my hole with my Bible and the Holy Spirit and be all alone. All he's saying is, be still and know that I'm God. You need to find you a still place. You say, I'm too busy. James and Charles Wesley's mother, I can't remember her name, but they have, she had 15 kids. She was washing in a wash pot and cooking on a fireplace. And you can imagine... 15 kids running around the kitchen while you're doing those things. But she had a rule. She said, when you see me put this apron over my head, don't bother me. 
I've went to my closet and I'm talking to the Lord. If you want to, you can find a place. See, the, all 12 of the, uh, the disciples are here. And Jesus is here. The storm means nothing when the master of the seas in the ship. The, what the problem was, they let the ship fill up with water of the world. The sin cares, the flesh cares that we worry about. It was not that he didn't care. It was they had their care in the wrong place. And so they were full of the water of the world and sinking. And the master of the sea is, is accessible. You're saying I can't live for God like I want to. Every one of us say that every day. No, we can't. That's another false theology in America. You'll never be super Christian. You never will be. And I won't be either. But what we can be is leaning on the arm of our beloved resting in the power of the Savior. So, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Comfort in the storm. See, over here in, uh, over here in the Great Commission in Matthew, I renamed it the, the, uh, The five cries of a risen Savior. Look at look at eighteen. <clears throat> look at sixteen. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. They did absolutely nothing but follow His instruction. We've all got an instruction. If you read your Bible today, you've got a fresh instruction. And if you didn't read your Bible today, you should have read your Bible today. God may change your direction. They only went where Jesus had appointed them to go. And when they saw Him... They worshipped him, but some doubted. Can you imagine that? Out of the eleven apostles who have, who have been with him almost from, well, the, one of the qualifications to be baptized by John the Baptist. And so they've all been with him this whole ministry and seen him raise the dead and heal the blind and the lepers. And, and now he's standing before them, but some of them couldn't believe it. They doubted. And in our life, he's here. But some of us doubt that. If he was here, I could live more holy, I could be what he wanted me to be. 
No. You can't do anything except trust Him. That's all. Only obey His commandment, go where He says go, and depend on Him. Then He says, and all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That resolves every issue that we can ever come into. There's no sin bigger than all power. There's no failure bigger than all power. Can you trust Him? If you're saved, you had to trust Him for salvation. I mean, He comes with His mercy and extends mercy. Grace is extended to every man. And the Bible says that He has given to every man a measure of faith. I was reading statistics today. I've got a new book I'm hot on the trail of, The Golden Key of Revival by Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort said that 25% of the I don't know how you would say it, the abortees, the, the people who are involved with the abortion of their own baby, 25% of them say they're saved. Born again. Church members, Bible readers. 25%. Then he said, but it's no one, that, that number astounds you, doesn't it? I mean, it just hits you in the face. But then he said this, but no wonder when 87% of America says, oh yeah, I believe in God. I'm religious. I'm something. I go to church. I, I, I believe the Bible's God's word. Eighty-seven percent. But they don't ever go to church, and they don't read the Bible. How are you going to know God if you don't approach the Bible some way? I just ask you this question. Do you read your Bible every day? Don't I, I don't want the answer. What he said is out of 87% that say, I believe the Bible is the Word of God, only 19% ever read their Bible. So Jesus comes to his most precious, closest, They were the super-Christians of their day, right? And they doubted. He said, I've got all power. All power means I can live forever. All power means I, the devil can go take a hike. It, I, I, it means that I can stand in the face of the storm. Because he's promised to be in me and with me. And he has all power. 
But we fail. I mean, we heard a testimony yesterday. A little old preacher got up and preached. And he said, my daughter is a student out at West Coast Baptist College. Said she's home for Christmas. Said she came to me and she said, he said, we've lived where we live three years. And he said, I've tried to be a witness around to my neighbors across the street next door. And she said, he said, she came to me and she said, Dad, I've got one request for this Christmas vacation. He said, what is it? She said, could we go down the street and knock the doors of all our neighbors all the way down to the end of the street and tell them about Jesus? And he said, first of all, that kind of confronted me. I'm supposed to be dad. She's supposed to be the daughter. <laughs> and she caught me off guard. So he said, I finally swallowed my pride and said, okay, we'll do it. He said, when do you want it? Two days later, they agreed on. He said, two days later, she had cookies baked. And they went to the end of the street, to, passing out tracts and, and telling people about Jesus. First time he'd ever been down to the, the end of the street. He said, somewhere down there on the end of the street, we found a lady. Said, y'all come on in. I've been wanting to talk to somebody. <laughs> and her husband had just passed away, and she, they were Christians. But she just needed some encouragement. He said... Up and down that street, people are waving at us and saying hi to us now. He said, I don't know if any of them will get saved, but we've told them. It's convicting, isn't it? Every one of us live on a street that we hadn't been to the end of, right? But he said, all power is given unto me. When he says, Go ye therefore, what he's saying is that therefore points back to all power. And teach in my power. And baptize them in my power. Teaching them to observe all things in my power. And whatsoever I've commanded you, in my power, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. His power. But we'll, we can let a teenage waitress intimidate us, and we're afraid to give her a track, right? <laughs> Come on, be honest with yourself. We let the world com confront us rather than us confront the world. And, p and churches are empty and emptying. 
I talked to a young preacher tonight and he or today and he said he said all we got all we've got's just a bunch of he said just just uh, me and my family and then the rest of it's just a bunch of people that don't even know what they're doing. They just got saved and 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 we got kids running everywhere and it's noisy. You know what's missing here? Kids running everywhere and a little bit of noise. Some some young couples with babies that cry during the service and stuff. Let's see if I can find my where I'm at now. But he's here. In our storm, he comes. Go with me over to Colossians chapter 1. I want to show you. He, he arose with all power. But he had all power. He's always had all power. One sixteen. The first first few verses of this chapter describe our the blessing of being saved and then the blessing of of the prayer life of someone praying for us. And then he begins right here. He's talking about Christ. He said in 14, we in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I used to get up at an announcement time at our church. Uh, we had the resources and we bought some Bibles, good leatherback Bibles. And I would say something like this, would you would you take your Bible and turn to Colossians 1.14. Let's reread that verse. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now I want you to look at your Bible. If your Bible does not have blood in that verse, you need a real Bible. But if it's not a King James, if it's not off that old manuscript, it doesn't have blood in that verse. If, it, if it's a New American Standard, if it's a New English Bible, if it's a, a, a living Bible, if it's a, a... All the rest of them. Anything but a King James or, a, or at least a received text Bible. It does not have blood in that verse. And you can't get saved without blood. Fourteen says we have redemption through his blood. The power is in his blood. So look at your Bible. What I used to say down there is if you've got a Bible that's not a Bible, if it's a fake Bible, we'll give you a real Bible if you'll turn yours in. And I got I collected a lot of Bibles that way. We gave away a lot of Bibles. But people need a real Bible. We don't need a substitute. 
Okay, so look at 15. Who is the image? I can't believe that time's already going. Image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You ought to, you ought to mark those by hims and for hims in that, those verses. And 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. There's never been a time when He did not have power. And there will never be a time that His power is not sufficient for your problem. If you can put your trust in Him, He can solve your issues. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things to himself, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and I'll stop reading there. Uh, There's so much more in that passage. But, But all it says is, that the cross rebuked the storm for the disciples. He rebuked the storm and the and the wind ceased. See, he created that prince of the power of the air. He saw the rebellion. He cast him out of heaven. He was there when he was cast. He he's not fearful of the devil. The devil knows it. There's a verse over somewhere that says the devil knows his days are numbered and and he's he's uh, he's working double time right now because he knows it's coming the day when he'll be completely stripped and defeated by the all-powerful Jesus, the King of Kings, and the ruler of the whole world. What we need to know is that he's in our heart because you're not you're not stronger than the devil and I'm not stronger than the devil. I'm not stronger than the storm. The storm can blow. It doesn't take much of a storm to knock me off, knock my rudder off course. But with him, the Bible said we are more than conquerors. In Him. With Him. So He rebuked the wind and He didn't rebuke the disciples. And He spoke peace. He said, Peace. Be still. Songwriter said, Peace, peace. 
sweet peace. Wonderful gift from above. Wonderful, wonderful peace, sweet peace. The gift of God's love. He said over in John 14, Peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I you. But I give you my peace. My peace give I unto you. So don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 14.27 Peace. No peace. Look at 120 again of Colossians. Well, I, I should have done it while we was there. I don't know if I can even find it again. 120. And having made peace. How'd you do that, Master? Through the blood of His cross. By Him. to See, that verse has already said we have redemption through His blood. Folks get saved by the blood. But folks have peace through His blood. Having made peace through the blood of His cross by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. It settles the wind obeys, the waves obey, the peace is there, the calm. Over in, uh, I, I've got, let me just say this, I'm going I'm to say this, I'm not going to all these verses. He says in verse 40, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and sea obey him. Reasons we can have no fear. I've got a, I've got a little series I preached on letting Jesus in your boat. The first the first reason we can have no fear in the storm, do you have Jesus in your boat? Has there ever been a day when you recognized Him as the Lord of all of glory and the only Savior of this world? Repented of your sin, your flesh desires, turned to Him and asked Him to be your Savior. Grace is extended to every man. But 80-something percent or 90-something percent or maybe worse than that have no grace because they have no Savior. They've heard about Him. They, uh, they know a little about Him, but they've never... Hey... You're going to have to turn from who you are and what you want and what you do if you turn to Him. And until you ask Him out of the depth of your heart, He's not in your boat. 
But the very moment you do, he is in your boat. And we can be so saved, it's pitiful. We can't get unsaved if we wanted to. And Hyman Appleman said, and bless God, I don't want to. He was a Jew evangelist that I heard. Christ in the boat of the heart. Now here's where I'd really like, I intended to preach tonight. Christ in the boat of the church. We are not about picnics and parties. We're not about entertainment and being content. We are here to, we're gathered together because Christ, I, I was going to go to Revelation and go through every one of the seven verse, seven churches. One thirteen says, I heard a, I heard a voice and I turned to see the voice. And in and and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to and so on. What he, what he saw was Jesus standing in the churches. And it takes the next two chapters to explain that. The last verse is over at that church at Laodicea. And you ever hear anybody preach salvation on this verse? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will hear me and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. The lock is on the inside. And if you open the door, he said he'll come in. It's really a it's really addressed to the church. In one thirteen, he saw Jesus standing in the midst of the candlesticks, the church. By the time you get to chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus is standing outside the church, knocking on the door, asking, can I come in? Would you let me? Can you imagine that, that he would stand and say, let me come in. But he does that to every one of us. And most people will not let him in. We need him in this church. We need him more than we need that new pastor. We need him more than we need more members. We need him more than we need a fat checkbook. We need him in the midst of our church. The church goes through storms. The only power for the storm is him. He's the power. <clears throat> I keep harping on you about reading your Bible. Why do you do that, Brother Wayne? Because this is the boat.
that carries Jesus to our heart. Christ is in the boat of the scriptures. Christ is in the boat of a genuine prayer life. We need him in our day-to-day prayer life. And Romans 8, 28 said, All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. He's in the boat when the storms of this life hit us. And without him, we're going to sink. But what he's saying is, let's pass over to the other side. Let me read one scripture and I'm done. I'm in Psalm 107, verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his work with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and the wonders of the deep. For he commands and raised the stormy wind which lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted in trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wits end. And then they cry to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses and he maketh the storm a calm so that the waves there are still. Then they're glad. Because they be quiet, so he bringeth them into their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now we've done all the talking about all the aspects. We've, we've talked about the invitation. We've talked about the the storm troubles. We've talked about the, uh, the, the keeper in the storm. Now the question is, are you ready to hoist the sail and raise anchor and step out of this secret spot out into that world where the storm is already raging and trust Him for every day and every everything you do, brother Jack, brother Gary. In our text, Jesus said, "Let us pass over to the other side of the city, of the side, uh, chapter five, and they came over to the other side." Yeah. And the storm is in. Yeah. Jesus knew exactly where they were going. Yeah, we're going to the other side. Yeah. Not but one, not but two sides. There's this side, there's that side. We better get in the boat and get him in our boat if we go to the other side. Take him as he is and go to the other side. Anybody got any more comments?
much less, you know, um, losing a spouse or a loved one or anyone without the Lord, because he's barely making it with the Lord. Yeah. We really need to pray tonight. He's, he's a wonderful Savior. And it's a wonderful book, brother. You said it was one thing on perspective. The boat. Whose boat is it? Yeah. It's really not our boat. He owns everything. Yeah. He, he is the captain. I used to have that sign, God is my co-captain. Remember that on the sticker? He's not a co-captain, but he's in charge. That's right. And when he's in charge, everything there's peace. Amen. He can settle the storm. He may have. It's been such a rich study for me. I'm probably gonna preach some of it again next week. I just can't get past it. The more I study it, the bigger it gets. I've enjoyed being here with you on Wednesday nights. I don't know how many. I think Brother uh, Boojack is going to be preaching next Wednesday night by internet. So I'll call you back in a minute. Anyway, he or is he going to be here next week? I think he's going to be here next week. He'll be here next week. He'll be preaching here. This I'll let him take the pulpit next week. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. Brother Harry, would you lead us, please? Lord, thank you for bringing us here this evening. Lord, thank you for your man. Thank you for the love that he clearly has for you, for your word, for your people. Lord, I thank you for his faithful ministry. I pray that you would guide him, that you would bless him in the days to come, that you'd give him safety as he travels. Lord, that you'd use him to, to speak to those that would hear the preaching in the coming week. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to take what we've heard here tonight and that you would apply it to our hearts, Lord, that we would not leave here just saying it was, it was good or a good message or a good time that we could see you in it, Lord, that we would be changed by it. I pray, God, that we would follow after you, Lord, that we would walk with you. Lord, I pray that we would trust you for every need. Lord, I pray that we would look to you for every concern and, and crisis in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would remember that you are the answer to each one of them. Lord, I pray that you would watch over us as we go our separate ways. Help us in the days to come. We love you. We thank you for all that you are. Christ, we pray.